All right, welcome back to another episode of Visionary Living, the podcast. I am your host, Rick or Rico, Rico from Puerto Rico, and I am here with a really awesome friend of mine, Nora Lynn. Uh, Nora Lynn, please introduce yourself for everyone. Hi, guys. My name is Nora Lynn Vasquez. Um, I am actually turning 29 in two weeks, so I'm excited. Um, I am the training coordinator for Spanish trainings at Gratitude Training. Um, I'm a life coach, and I am studying to become a, tra- a transformational trainer. Awesome. Welcome, welcome. And so today we have an interesting topic. Um, today's topic is to be human, and like what does it mean to be human, and where is the power of a human being? So um, just kind of stick with us as we get the podcast started. guys so um we are we are back with our uh episode of visionary living i can't really hear myself in case you can uh if, in case you can oh that's good perfect i just want to make sure all right so um so today we have a topic called to be human and uh and so why don't you get us started what does it mean to be human what, what do you mean by that like when we say to be human as the title of our podcast what are we speaking into today so what I want to speak into um, in regards to being human is most people um, avoid experiencing emotions, experiencing whatever it's coming up for them. Um, in the past, there was such things as boys don't cry, showing your emotion is weakness. And I feel as we're becoming more of a conscious society, mm-hmm. whether it be through spiritual work, um, transformational work, people are coming to a place of, I'm angry. I shouldn't feel angry. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel sad. Mm. However, we are in a human body. Part of the human condition is allowing us to feel the emotions that are coming up, experiencing our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is like being human and acknowledging that we're human in body form and feeling whatever's coming up. So what I hear you saying really is kind of like embracing uh, pain or embracing um, really anything that comes up for us emotionally speaking is that kind of what you're speaking into yes um, embracing it um, whether it be heartbreak sadness grief hmm. all that because if we don't allow ourselves to feel this it the energy gets stuck in our body hmm. um, some people try to like suppress it other people try to what I like to say um, if you're in a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like emotions can be like a roller coaster. So either you can go straight through the pain, the grief, uh-huh. and break on the other side, or ride the roller coaster going up and down, up and down, up and down, where you're just 
never really getting in there and feeling it. And it's just your life's going to be a roller coaster. So uh, I guess my follow-up question is, is what would you say is the danger or the concern for uh, avoiding the emotions or not experiencing the experience? So one thing that for me is very important is when you avoid experiencing the experience or the emotion, you're robbing yourself of accessing like your powerful self. Mm. Um, I believe that certain experiences, grief, heartbreak, those experiences show up in our lives to teach us things. Um, really take our, teach us things. And not only that, but when we experience those things that show up, whether it be heartbreak, grief, we're able to really learn parts of ourselves that get to heal. Mm. And in the process of experiencing, you're healing those areas of your life. And when you fully experience it and observe it, because mm. you don't want to get lost in your experience. Mm. You know, you want to experience it, be the observer. So when you, all right, so you highlighted something, getting lost in your experience. All right, so you first spoke about experiencing your experience. So like going directly to the source of the pain or directly to the source of the experience. But then you said, don't get lost in it. So can you highlight a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yes. So getting lost in it, I'm sure people have had experiences where they felt sad and they're like, I can't get rid of this sadness. Like everything is just so sad. Um, I feel hopeless. And like they're in a place where like everything is hopeless. They can't get out of it mm. and they can't stop crying. Like there's for them, there's no light. Mm. They feel like they're like in a dark tunnel and there's no light. That's getting lost in the experience where you're becoming mm. sadness, where then people start believing I'm just a sad person. I'm just a hopeless person. So how do you find the balance between the two? That and that's the first key into stepping into your power, being able to like know that you're experiencing sadness in the mm -hmm. moment. You're not sadness, like just because you're experiencing sadness, pain, heartbreak, that's not who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step. Second step is become like an observer. Um, by becoming an observer, you're then able to observe, like, what is this sadness? Why do I feel sad? Is it because of X, Y, and Z, or is it something else? And this triggered the sadness. Mm. And then the process of being in the observation and also observing, where do I feel the pain? Is it in my chest? Is it in my heart? Is it in my shoulders? Like, where is it? And then you're allowing that emotion to flow through you, leave your body. So uh, what I almost hear is almost kind of like, I don't like the word, I don't like to use the word disconnection, but uh, I guess distinction. Mm -hmm. Making sure that your emotional body and what you're feeling is separate from your identity, right? Um, I mean, that's at least what I'm hearing you say. So it's like, it's almost like uh, feeling sadness. Well, that's an emotion that comes and goes, but then being sadness and identifying myself as a sad individual overall is kind of the distinction between going directly to the source and then getting, uh, lost, getting in lost in it. Is, is that what I hear you saying? Yes, um, and it's, it's something that's very challenging. Um, especially if you're in like an unconscious state, you may feel sad, you may feel angry, you're like, I'm not that. And people will resist it. Some people who, let's say they, they believe like, oh, I have anger issues. Hmm. But do they really have anger issues or do they, are they attaching the emotion of anger as their identity? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, I feel angry in this moment and I'm going to choose to express my anger or I'm going to choose to just experience it and let it go. Hmm. But the people that feel, oh, I have anger issues, they're getting lost in that anger mm -hmm. and believing that that's part of who they are. That's interesting stuff. And so what makes you passionate about this topic? Like why, why 
to be human and why experience your experience when coming on here and talking about it? Um, one, I think it's a very important conversation that gets to be had, especially as people become more conscious or in more transformational work, spirituality work, mm-hmm. um, of not avoiding experiencing, remembering that we're still human, we still get to experience it, and it's okay to experience sadness. It's mm-hmm. okay to experience this. The other thing is um, the past, I want to say, eight, eight to nine months, um, I've had grief, loss, heartbreak, a lot of emotions show up, which was really testing me and made me question. It made me question, am I wrong for ex- feeling sad? Am I wrong for feeling anger? Mm. Am I wrong for this? Because if I'm in this transformational work, trying to be, be um, studying to be a trainer, a life coach, why am I feeling this? Mm-hmm. And then realizing that I'm human. Mm. I'm in a human body. I get to experience it. And when I gave myself the permission to begin to experience and like take myself, well, I don't want to say take myself out, but have an awareness of I'm going to observe what I'm feeling, where in my body I'm feeling it, why am I feeling this anger, what's triggering it. When I put myself in that discovery, hmm. I, I felt the pain and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. There were moments where I was like, oh my God, like, it would come out of nowhere and I would need to find a place and just experience the anger and the sadness, the tears, the, the pain in my chest where the clenching of my arms, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And once I got through all of it and I went on the other side, I experienced my power and own my power to the point that I've been experiencing freedom a lot. Mm. Freedom is a new word for me. And if it wasn't for me experiencing all my experiencing, realizing that I am human, mm-hmm. that it is okay, I wouldn't be able to be here today talking so passionately about it mm-hmm. because I'm so grateful for my discovery of experiencing that experience and being an observation and owning my power. And I think as humans, we are afraid of owning our power. There's a fear of like, what will happen if I own my power? Mm-hmm. And part of owning your power is experiencing your experience. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because I heard a, a wise man once taught me um, that uh, there's this cool saying that I like to, to, to repeat and, and to pass on. But it says that uh, in our cultural conditioning, like men have learned to protect their hearts from pain and that a powerful man is the type of man who just lives with a broken heart as opposed to protecting their heart from being broken or from pain um so yeah so that kind of resonates with me in 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 some way shape or form and uh and so i guess my follow-up question on what you said was is um what when was that first time or that moment when you realized the power of experiencing your experience you know like obviously there was a probably uh a conditioning that you had that said resist emotions, resist feelings, resist my experience. And then there was that moment of clarity where you said, wow, there's power in actually just surrendering and letting go and actually like diving deep into it. So when was that or, or what was that moment like for you? Um, I would say the first time it happened was when my grandfather passed away. Um, he was someone I was very close to. He was, you know, you always have that one member in your family that's like your like hmm. connection. Like he rooted for me. He always believed in me. He was, I loved I still, I love my grandfather mm. um, and him passing away. He passed away in the middle of a training. I was in a training mm. and 
um, I had, I knew he wasn't doing well. I had booked a flight Sunday after the training thinking I would make it. Mm. And Saturday I got the call and I remember like, I'm like, I can't feel this right now. I'm in the middle of a training. Like mm. I need to. And there was a moment where I allowed myself to feel the pain, um, the anger for like, why did it happen the way that it happened? Mm -hmm. Um, he was a, he was actually the first person I've ever lost close to me. Mm. And he was someone who was very close to me. So out of all the people close to my circle, him, I was like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't it be someone to like slowly ease me into like grief? Why couldn't it be someone else? <laughs> <laughs> and like, all those thoughts came to me and that was the first moment I allowed myself to feel. And then I felt a, a level of peace. Mm. And you know, life is very interesting. Then a couple months later, um, our relationship of almost eight years ended. Mm. And it felt like it was out of nowhere. And then that was the second level. of was like, oh my God, mm. I get to experience, it's like grief again. Mm -hmm. And this time, like I dug deeper. Um, and through, especially, and then in the process of that, my grandma passed away, his wife. Mm. And that was another grief. And it, this all happened within a span of three months. Wow, um, that's intense. And growing up, I always hid my emotions or bottled up my anger. Mm. And I allowed myself to experience like anger, like why is this happening? Why did it have to happen this way? Why couldn't I control it? What could I have done different? Mm -hmm. um, the heartbreak of like wanting to be tested, mm. of like who I am as a person, questioning who I am. All of that, I allowed myself to experience it. And there was the moment when I realized I am powerful and all these events have been pushing me to own my power. Mm. Like I said, my grandfather was a person that always saw how powerful I was since I was little, mm. always pushing me to be that, pushing me to be the person that he saw in me. And he was like, his death started that chain. Mm. And once I experienced who I am, I was like, wow, I am powerful. I am significant. I can make, I can inspire people. I can inspire women. Mm -hmm. And doing that shift, I started seeing people around me shift mm -hmm. and believing of how powerful they are. And not only believing it, but owning it. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like the gift of allowing myself to experience everything that showed up in my life. Wow. You have some really uh, uh, intense stories. And I, I acknowledge you for the journey that you've taken up, up until now. So thank you for sharing vulnerably with us. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I, I love this topic. I think this is great. So um, for anybody who's listening live right now on our live feed, please feel free to ask any questions if you have any, um, or if you have any comments, or if you want to kind of like, you know, expand about what we're talking about, feel free to, to comment on that. Um, and for the viewers at home, I kind of want you to consider and listen, uh, kind of check in with your internal dialogue, uh, the thoughts in your head. And maybe you have a moment where you can see either you denied yourself your experience, your emotional connection to whatever was occurring at that moment for you. Um, or maybe you did allow yourself to experience your experience, much like what we're talking here, um, and did indeed find a uh, kind of like a powerful place to stand or to, or to shift um, the conversations that were occurring at that moment. So um, I definitely want to make sure that all of our viewers and listeners are, are participant um, as well, that you guys can participate in what's going on. So, um, so yeah, okay, cool. So how long have you got, have you been in transformational work and how long have you been kind of like developing yourself in this domain and what drives you for that? Um, I've been in transformational work 
for almost two and a half years now. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, has been, I was a shy, quiet little girl. Mm -hmm. I like to say there was a moment in my life where I became shy and quiet, started doubting myself. Mm -hmm. And by stepping to transformational work, I saw myself where there's moments like I'll be like, oh, my God, I don't recognize my voice. <laughs> like, who is speaking? <laughs> um, and that is like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And not only that, and I also love being able to support people. Um, I'm committed to people getting their significance in this world, mm -hmm. getting how worthy they are, how powerful they are. Um, and being in the work and as I do the work for myself, I'm able to see shift in people mm -hmm. kind of like that. I am because you are that we mentioned sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I love being in conversations with people where they're like getting who they are. Inspires me. <laughs> you know, uh, just to piggyback off of that, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like you, I've also been submerged in the work for about the same amount of time, about two years or a little bit more or less. And, um, and it's funny because, like, when I, you know, meet strangers or when I'm, you know, interacting with people, um, I always bring my knowledge and experiences from transformation and from coaching. And I always bring it to the conversations and I always drive the conversations deep, you know, and a lot of people are always, always, I get this a lot. It's very frequent where they look at me like I have three eyes and they're like, who are you? Like, what, what just happened? You know? Um, and I think kind of like what you're speaking into, it really is just coming from what conversations we are driving with other people. Where are we driving those conversations to? What experiences are we, creating in that moment you know what are we focusing our attention on in, in terms of conversations and development and stuff you know um do you have any kind of input on that or? yeah i think a lot of us have these conversations in the back of our mind mm -hmm. um that run us and it's really funny to see once we shift the conversation what we create mm -hmm. for a long time i was like i'm the shy quiet little girl like i would tell people and people were like but you're not shy and i'm like yeah i really am so i would try to prove that i was shy by showing up shy hey, everyone i'm shy look over here <laughs> so and that was just the conversation i had and yeah. it was funny i was wanting to prove them right like i am shy so i would show up shy mm -hmm. um and the moment I let it go, it's kind of like it became a game for me. Like, oh, I'm going to show you I'm not shy anymore. I'm going to show you how much I've changed. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, I, uh, I actually spoke about this in my last episode, and, and it's just perfect. So I'll bring it back up again. You know, uh, what I've observed when it came to transformational work, you know, like the trainings that we're talking about, leadership trainings, and really speaking into behavioral conditioning and, and recontextualizing our relationship to these things. You know, I've noticed a lot of people that come in with a certain posture and their posture is maybe like hunchbacked or like it, it exhibits almost like insecurity, their posture, right? And then we go through, you know, whatever, four days or five days or however many, however long it is for that transformational process or that training or that workshop. And then at the end of it, it's like their posture changes completely. And we didn't even work on physical conversations, you know, we didn't actually work towards the physical you know, we all, we spoke about conceptual stuff and, and we kind of just recontextualize your mind and the way that you think and perceive the world. And, uh, almost instantaneously after learning these concepts, I always see their postures shifts. And not only that, maybe they can speak louder, you know, with more power than they've ever been before. Um, and kind of like you said, like people will go from shy and reserved to like, you know, willing and daring mm -hmm. to, to risk and to be seen. Um, do you kind of have that experience in your um, 
journey as well or oh for sure um so i used to have longer hair when i did my trainings and i used to use my hair to hide even when i was in college like if i didn't want to see someone or mm -hmm. anyone someone to see me mm -hmm. i would flip my hair that wherever they were standing and walk the other way <laughs> like i used to use my hair to hide myself and as you can see this is long for me right now uh -huh. um, that's like to your shoulders only right? yeah and that was huge for me like cutting my hair moving it out of my face showing my face mm -hmm. um that was one of the things for me that like stuck out like Short hair, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> short hair, don't care. <laughs> That's why I keep my hair short. I like to be seen. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So uh, I, I just wanted to bring us back to visionary living. So um, what I'm going to ask from you is to kind of dig up a story that you have in your past where you had a vision for what you wanted to create or manifest in your life. And you used that vision almost like a lighthouse, like uh a way to see the direction that you're going despite any circumstances, opportunities, or distractions that might have come up. So um, I don't know if you maybe have a story that you can think of um, right now where you maybe were challenged against things that were like trying to stop you from having what you say you want, but you, you continue to see that vision and you continue to step forward into that vision until you had it happen. Do you have something like that? I have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't we go ahead and start with one and see where we go. Um, that's hard. I'm, just, I'm trying to think. Um, I guess the, the one that I could say even brought me here mm -hmm. to even meeting you and everything was, um, so like I said, I did transformational work and about a, well, more than a year ago. Mm -hmm. It was in January of 2018. I was coaching a team. And every time I came down here, I lived in Jersey back then. Mm -hmm. It was so hard to leave Florida. I was like, I don't want to leave. Like, I just don't want to leave. And um, during that journey, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Florida. And I had a great job. Like, I, everything was set in Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, willing to let it go. I put my two weeks notice before even having a job here in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to move to Florida to have a job. Every place I called was like, no, you need to live here to have an interview. And I was like, but I'm moving to Florida. Like, no, we need an address. And I was like, okay. Mm. So I put my two weeks notice. The journey was coming to an end. And I, at that point, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's been like two weeks without work now. So what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And I decided to like go for it. I, so I decided to go to Puerto Rico to visit my grandfather. While I'm in Puerto Rico. I find out that I got a job. Yay. It was amazing. Yay. And that was the last communication I had because the power went out island wide. And so, oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> the, that was the last communication you have I had. a job, click. <laughs> and then power goes out. And not only that, my mom dropped my phone because in the night she didn't see drop my phone. So my phone was broken. Oh, no. And it, and like certain things can't be, certain phones, type of phones can't be fixed in Puerto Rico oh. by law. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know why. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I didn't know that till I found out. So I was like, okay, so I have a broken, a broken phone. There's no power. All right. And so somehow I got in communication with my dad to book my flight because I needed to be in Florida. This is Tuesday. I needed to be in Florida on Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, no phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we figure this out. My dad books my flight and I move here with a duffel bag. Oh, because I was going to be in Puerto Rico for a couple of days, like four days. So mm -hmm. the clothes that I went to Puerto Rico is, is what I moved here with a duffel bag. Oh, wow. I didn't have a place to stay yet. So I stayed at a friend's house. Um, and 
all that. And then I moved here and then I didn't have family. The people that received me here were people that I had been working with um, and people that had become friends. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a car, new place. I just started a new job. And all of that was made me question, like, did I do the right thing? Mm. And as I was questioning that, I realized I did. Because that shy little girl Mm -hmm. did the most outrageous thing. Mm -hmm. In a span of like less than a week, she moved her life. And I've been here for a, over a year now. Wow. And it came with its challenges, like having to find an apartment. I had mm-hmm. four weeks to find an apartment. Um, I got really lucky, mm-hmm. um, had an amazing roommate, um, eventually got a car, all this stuff. And that was a huge moment of growth for me. Mm. It was like taking that risk, that daring to uh, jump out of what you're comfortable doing and honestly not even knowing how it was going to occur or how it was going to unfold but just daring to jump anyways is yeah. kind of what i hear you saying yeah not even being able to have a, a phone mm-hmm. like i didn't have a like and it's crazy to think because you know 20 years ago people did this stuff without a phone yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but right. for me it was like oh my god and like again i was like i was moving here to so the people that lived here i didn't have their phones memorized right 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 so it was a lot of creativity a lot of stretching um a lot of growth and you know you said something that uh, i wanted to piggyback off of and you you spoke into right or wrong um and how like at one moment you said oh my god did i do the right thing you know um, and, uh, and I think I might have told this story on one of my earlier episodes, like one or two, but I'll just kind of reiterate it. Um, uh, there, when I, I kind of had a similar experience where, you know, after I completed my transformational journey, um, I decided, you know, I'm moving to Florida. And at the time I absolutely hated Florida. Like you, I was like, wait, I hate Florida though. Um, but I decided to go anyways, you know, uh, because it was very powerful of an experience. And I knew that I wanted to be submerged in this work, in these conversations as, as continuously as possible. Um, and in that, I also decided to step into, um, you know, becoming a transformational trainer and getting into this whole like NLP and coaching and you know all these conversations are very similar um and uh, I remember a friend of mine uh, a friend of mine his name is Paul and usually he watches so he might even be watching now we'll see um but uh, a friend of mine Paul uh he asked me he was like hey you know I, I thought that you had your business going in Atlanta that you were you know owning and operating for like two years and growing um and now you just decided to, to move to Florida, you know, like what's, what's up with that? And I said, well, I mean, I found something very powerful that I wanted to explore and follow and, and X, Y, and Z. And, and he made a comment of like, yeah, I get it. You have to let go of, you know, some things to have better things. And I stopped for a moment and, you know, had I not done transformational work up until that point, I would have just simply agreed like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know? But then I realized something, and I, again, I only realized this from self-development work. I realized that I don't want to compare it like, did I make the right decision or the wrong decision to move or not to move? I realized in that moment that whether I stayed where I was living or if I moved to a new location or if I moved to a, a different location than that, no matter what I was going to do with myself, because I am who I am, no matter what I did, I was going to create something powerful and amazing. But I think that a lot of people maybe get stuck in, is it the right decision that then they don't actually access their critical thinking skills. They don't access their creativity. They don't actually like go and create something. Instead, we almost like think about what we let go of or what we, what, 
opportunity we passed up on, you know? Does that kind of resonate for you at all? Yeah, or? for sure. Like, moving down here, um, I think the reason I was able to do it was when I let go of, like, did I do the right thing? Or, am I doing the right thing or wrong thing? Mm -hmm. But it was more of the question was, am I following my vision? Mm. And my vision was, I've for years I've said, I want to get out of Jersey. I love Jersey. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do miss bagels and pizza. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, <laughs> totally. But I, I, there was something in Florida that was calling me, mm -hmm. um, especially the work that I'm in that was also calling me. Mm -hmm. And it was that that really drove me. And when I, sh I shift the conversation, am I doing the right or wrong thing? Mm -hmm. The job showed up. Mm-hmm regardless of the challenges that came along because mm -hmm. old me would have been like oh what it's are the chances yeah what are the chances <laughs> the power goes out island wide for the whole time i'm here yeah. and my phone breaks yeah. like it's a sign i need to go back it was a mistake mm -hmm. but instead i was no you know and that's perfect too because i really do think that that highlights visionary living and what i speak into with my podcast that you know instead of looking at the circumstances around us and having the circumstances guide us like you said like oh the power went out my phone broke it looks like the universe is trying to stop me from having what it is that i say that i want and therefore it must be a sign and then we surrender to whatever those circumstances are instead of saying okay the universe is challenging me to see how badly do I really want what it is that I say that I want. And you know what? I'm going to show you universe and you like live out of it anyways. But like you said, you needed a vision in order to overcome it. Because without a vision, we would just kind of like a paddle boat without, no, without a paddle or a sail yeah. in the middle of the water. You yeah. know what I mean? Just drifting along, doing what we do. Yeah. But to have that vision, I think, is paramount because it's almost like having that lighthouse in the midst of a storm like i know exactly where i'm going despite anything that is occurring around me and what do you have to say about that i think it also takes a level of surrender mm, what do you mean by that um like if you're like if the lighthouse is like north and you're in that boat it's like it's raining i'm getting wet i'm cold okay and I'm still being guided. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, it's raining. I need to turn back. Oh, I don't want it to rain. Mm -hmm. Like, like complaining. Mm -hmm. If you complain during that journey, you're missing out on lessons. Mm -hmm. um, if you resent what's showing up, you're missing out on lessons. So I want you to speak into missing out on lessons. Like, um, obviously, since we've been doing this kind of work, we, we know how to author lessons and how to look from a certain vantage point that allows us that power of development. But for those who haven't maybe entered this field mm -hmm. or this industry or this work, how can you explain simply for them? What do you mean by, oh, if I'm you know, lost in my experience, then I'll miss out on lessons? Yeah, so um, bringing it back to... Um, like I shared about a heartbreak, like everyone's had their heart broken at some point, you know, or most people. And if I had gotten lost in my experience of sadness, I am sadness, like no one wants to be with me, like all the stuff that we tell ourselves when people leave, mm -hmm. um, I would have not realized that, hey, it was a call for me to step forward and a call for me to see how much I've grown where that relationship gave me exactly what I needed because of that relationship. I was able to learn about like the trainings available in Florida. Mm -hmm. I was able to come. I was able to meet a lot of people that are now part of my life and I love and I adore mm -hmm. and the relationship did its purpose. And 
I would have missed out on the lesson of like the relationship did its purpose and it showed me I had outgrown the relationship mm. and it's not a bad or wrong, but I had just outgrown it. Mm-hmm. And it was for me surrendering to my vision of like, who do I get to be to inspire people? And so I want to highlight the way that you frame surrender. Cause you know, I think that a lot of people in our, in our culture, when we think of surrender, we think of like, I give up. Right. But the way that you're using surrender from that leadership perspective is almost like giving over to a commitment. Yeah. Like I like I literally it's like it's like I would like to say um, like the lighthouse is right there. Uh And I'm like, here's my vision. I want a, a world that it's abundant, that's loving, that's united and that people experience magic. I want women to get their significance, their power. Like here it all is. Here's the package. Right. This is it. Right, right, right. Now do with me whatever you'd like. I'm ready. <laughs> Throw the storm. <laughs> Throw the storm. So instead of being, being in resistant to the storm, right, that we have to go through in order to get to the other side, we're just embracing it, knowing that our vision is more important. Yes. And part of embracing it too is if you feel shitty, and excuse my language, oh, yeah. if you um, are angry, if you feel like it's unfair, if you feel sad, mm-hmm. feel it. Mm. That is also key and part of that surrendering. It's like the storm's coming. Oh my God, I, I feel sad. I'm experiencing sadness. I'm experiencing this. Like feel it all. Yeah. That's part of surrendering to that lighthouse. And then you're able to look back and be like, oh my God, there's a lighthouse. <laughs> I'm so free. Like I'm happy. I'm powerful. Yeah. And that's the gift that you can have by remembering to be human uh-huh. and experiencing the storm as it comes. I almost think that that gives us a, a state of power in presence and in, in like being in the moment, you know, because I mean, knowing that we have the lighthouse and, and this is why I think visionary living is so powerful and that this is almost like a necessity in our world. This is why I do this podcast is because knowing that lighthouse, seeing that lighthouse so clearly, the direction that you're trying to go to, like where you're, you're trying to end up. I think it's the only thing that gives us the power to, take all the circumstances that are around us that aren't really good feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? That maybe are, are having us feel a certain way, depressed, resistant, whatever it is, all those negative feelings, right? And um, it's almost like because I can see where I'm going, all of this soon shall pass. It's all temporary and I can get through it because the vision is greater than my current position or circumstance. Could you kind of speak into that on your own? Like- yeah, of course. I think something that's key that um, throughout my journey, someone brought into my realm of knowledge was um, being authentic to your vision and being authentic to the moment. Um, and I'd like to speak more into that as to being authentic to the moment. It could be, oh my God, it's 6 a.m. I'm so tired. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do this. And that's what I'm feeling. And I'm being authentic to that by acknowledging it. However, mm-hmm. being authentic to the vision is like, you know what? I'm tired, but I want to share with people the importance and what they can get about mm-hmm. experiencing their experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be authentic to my vision. And then once I complete what, like, let's say I complete the podcast mm-hmm. and then I leave, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to mm-hmm. take a nap on the right back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think being able to be authentic to your vision and it's not about, put suppressing it but it's like putting a pause mm. you know i'm gonna put a pause on this and i'm gonna be authentic to my vision do what i gotta do to work towards my vision and then experience what i gotta experience it's mm. also i think that's also a key a key i like that that's interesting um so yeah i guess what's what's the biggest aha 
uh, thing that you can share with us regarding experience your experience? You know, obviously we've been in conversations so far about kind of touching it, identifying it, helping people kind of uh, connect with that. But is there like a big aha or a big uh, a piece of value that you can kind of give to our listeners or our viewers around the conversation of experience my experience, uh, like really letting it in and connecting with pain or connecting with whatever it is that I'm faced up against and resistance to right now? I think the biggest thing for me is realizing, and I think there's a, I believe there's a fear mm. of if I experience the experience, like I might die. <laughs> I, like, I know it's crazy, but it's like, I might die. Cause I remember when like heartbreak shows up, it's that like, <gasps> my chest hurts. I feel like it's being punched. My stomach can't eat. I can't yeah. stop crying. I feel, I feel sick. I, I want to throw up. It's, it's a whole thing going. And there's a fear in there of like, I might not survive this. Mm. And when I allowed myself and surrendered to my vision, my commitment, what I'm up to, especially for like, I'm, I'm very passionate about inspiring women. Mm -hmm. And when I surrendered to that and experienced as, and I came on the other side, I'm like, wow, I'm alive. Mm -hmm. I didn't die. However, I came back stronger, mm. more powerful. Like I can now stand and be like, I am powerful. I own my power mm. and I use my power to inspire women. And that was aha moment. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to die. I'm going to survive. So when people say, oh, um, you survived your, break, um, your breakup, I'm like, I didn't just survive it. Mm -hmm. I lived it mm -hmm. because I allowed myself to be human and experience it all and continued living mm -hmm. and came out on the other side experiencing power, freedom, and so much gratitude. Well, what's interesting is like, no matter what, we'll survive, right? Yeah. I feel like as human beings, that's, that's the beauty of human being, in my opinion, is that we can overcome and we can evolve and we can um, adapt and we can be resilient. Like whether we like it or not, we'll survive. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I've heard people endure and that they're still alive today, and I'm like, how the hell did you survive that? You know, whether it be drug abuse or like a huge car accident or, you know, some crazy uh, circumstance that just anyone would be like, dude, something was over your shoulder protecting you, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, you highlighted something very interesting, which is an assumption that I think people live out of. Because I think that a lot of what drives people is the assumptions of what is or what you, you know, what is going to be the result of doing whatever it is. Like you said, like, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to die. It's like, I don't think people have ever actually put thought into what am I afraid of when it comes to experiencing my experience, my emotions, and just going through whatever it is I'm trying to avoid right now. But by not thinking about it, then there are assumptions in place. And I think that you highlighted that assumption is, is almost like death. Like, what else will we be afraid of? Mm -hmm. And then when we actually start to question ourselves, like, wait, what am I afraid of? we start to realize, well, I'm afraid of maybe just failing at it, mm -hmm. you know, like, cause death isn't like the subsequent result of that decision. Right. All it is, is, is feeling like, mm -hmm. let yourself feel it and notice it and look at it as opposed to avoiding it, deflecting it. You know, um, I actually, you know, in a lot of my workshops, cause I do a workshop called successful awareness. And in a lot of my workshops, you know, there will be people that come in that have 
<clears throat> experience so much pain and trauma in their life that they can't even allow themselves to be serious and allow these concepts in as something that they can grow from and learn lessons from. It's almost like they constantly deflect with humor. They constantly deflect with distraction. And it's funny because they may not know what they're doing, but I do because I've been trained to see these things and kind of guide these things, you know, in terms of behaviors. But, um, but it's, it's a real big deal for me because I, I notice that when people avoid their pain instead of experiencing their experience, you know, that what then is created as a result in the world, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, like I actually heard from somebody and this is a personal uh, conversation. I won't name names or anything like that. But, you know, I heard somebody who was who was she's a transgender woman and she was just talking about how, um, you know, she was getting hit on by a man in, you know, somewhere out in public and she was just being clear, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a transgender woman. And when the guy, like, got it, like, understood it, he pulled out a gun and threatened her life, you know? And the, that's, the li that's the society that we're creating and living in. Like, like why? How is death and, like, killing someone a, a appropriate response for, you know, you're living your life and your experience and, and your journey of life, however it is that's true for you? Yeah. Um, as I was studying in regards to experiencing your experience, I came across that some people avoid or suppress experiencing their experience mm -hmm. by going to anger. Mm. Um, they'll like bully people. They'll explode on people, mm -hmm. um, whether it be physical, verbal, like emotional abuse, physical abuse, all of that. And that's their way of suppressing their pain. Mm. Because instead of allowing themselves to experience the pain that they're feeling, they want to like give that pain to somebody else forcefully because mm -hmm. they they don't they they're so scared of experiencing it that they feel well if i explode it out and put it on that one then mm -hmm. they'll feel it for me and mm -hmm. then i don't have to feel it interesting but instead of what it creates it creates guilt and then more beat up and then more anger and it's like a constant cycle um and it's unfortunate and i feel like things like that lead up to like you know families being broken mm -hmm. abuse um war mm-hmm and, you know, you kind of highlighted something that I thought was interesting, too. Um, you said kind of like that experience. Say what you said again. Which part? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, uh, right before the abuse part. I don't know if you remember. The, so the people, instead of um, experiencing the pain, they want to give the pain away to right. other people. So that, so instead of giving it away, what I see too occurring is almost like sharing the pain. Like maybe not so much giving it up, but if I have to feel it, then, you know, you, you're going to have to feel it with me because I'm not going through this alone, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's almost like that sharing of the pain. It's almost like if I feel pain or if I feel shitty, then everyone else gets to feel shitty around me. And now we start to act a certain way that has people around us feel that same discomfort or that same whatever it is, you know? Yeah, and you even see it like in an argument with someone like let's say you and I ha are having an argument mm -hmm. and you see that I'm completely being neutral, mm -hmm. right? And then like you're like, oh my, and it keeps getting you more it angry. It makes me mad. So then you start trying to find something to poke at, whether it be bringing <laughs> something from the past, knowing, right. bringing something that you know like I'm sensitive about and yeah. you keep going, something going, Something that going. might be even irrelevant to this argument, but it's going to poke you, so I'm just going to throw it in there anyways. Yeah, and you see it in marriages. If you see a lot of marriage arguments, mm -hmm. the mother-in-law or the father-in-law always comes in because they just want to poke at something yeah. it's like well you're a mom da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah you know um you know I, re I learned that lesson young i think i was probably like seven years ago um i learned when it comes to uh 
I feel my experience. Like maybe I'm in pain or I'm frustrated or I'm angry, you know? And then when I blow up and I like put it on another person, what is my, my goal for blowing up on them? You know? And I realized that is it, does it actually do anything productive? Does it help me? Does it help them? Does it help the situation? And I, what I realize is no, like what all I'm trying to do is hurt you. And what is the benefit of hurting you? You know, Honestly, all it does is make me feel better. But by the end of everything, when everything's said and done, we're left with that ground zero of what what was like what's left. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I like to say when things like that show up, we're like you have like a short term like feeling good, right? But for a long term of pain, right? Because then you keep that guilt that oh I can't believe I did that to that person, and right. so it's like a short term pleasure for long term pain. The instant gratification. If I blow up and get it out now and hurt them, it'll all be over, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting stuff. And, I, you know, I really appreciate you speaking into, you know, everything that we're speaking into today. Um, cool. Wait, so you had a second story about visionary, uh, being a visionary and using your vision to, remember you had two stories? Oh, yes. I've, I've, I've plenty. I've okay. <laughs> all right. Let's hear a second story. Visionary living. What is uh, something that you used a vision in order to overcome your circumstances? Yeah. Um, I think... So when the heartbreak showed up, it was a complete transition of my life. Um, me and my roommate at the time were having, there was a horrible relationship with our neighbors and we were trying to end our lease and it just, things weren't working out. And I was like, no, like, like I'm up to big things mm -hmm. like this, like I'm up to big things. I know I'm clear my vision, like something's going to show up, something's going to show up. And in the process of the heartbreak and everything, um, I literally right now I'm living in the house that I dreamed of living when I moved here. Oh, literally I have, for those that may know me, I love shopping. I love clothes. <laughs> My big thing was to have a walk-in closet. I have a huge walk-in closet. Oh, nice. So I have in like the house, everything that I imagine, open space, kitchen, white cabinets, a pool, a huge backyard, beautiful landscaping in the front, like all that stuff. I was able to create it. And in the process of that, like we were about to get kicked out of our apartment because our neighbors kept complaining. Mm. Um, it was so many things after that. And then in the middle of doing with a heartbreak and not knowing what am I going to do? Like, and I just kept going and going and going and like allowing myself to experience it. Um, like I, it was it's a relation for eight years, almost eight years. So it's kind of like you have a partnership, a companionship and like that go-to person wasn't there anymore. Mm. And there was a moment where like my friends and family were like, come back to Jersey, like your family and friends are here. And I could have done that, but that wasn't in alignment with my vision. Mm -hmm. And what is your vision now? My vision now, my big, big vision or like my vision for my life? Whatever you want to share with us. <laughs> um, so for me, um, what keeps me going is being in service to people, um, being able to be a space for again, people getting like their significance in the world, the impact they can get, they can have for them to create the life that they love. Mm. You know, you can create any life, you can create your 10 life, but if you're, you don't, you're not living that life that you love, mm -hmm. you know, there's something there to look at. Mm -hmm. And despite it all, like I've literally created a life that I love mm. with people around me, relationships transformed where I'm living, where I work, like everything. I've literally created the life that I love. Mm -hmm. that I feel like a long time ago I declared and forgot. Mm -hmm. And then this transformational work, it like reawakened. 
Um, and that keeps so, me going. So if you could uh, give our listeners a piece of something to take away so that they can live the life that they love, what would be your uh, advice or your kind of takeaway for them? No matter what you're up to, remember, you're human. Um, let your vision drive you. And in the process, whatever shows up, experience it. Fully allow yourself to give in and experiencing it and let your vision guide you, drive you because that's how you create the life that you love and that's how you can make an impact in people's lives and inspire mm. because I believe that everyone's story can inspire somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you never know the hardships, the, the heartbreak, the pain, the grief that may show up in you and how you live through it, you go through it, you experience it can inspire someone else that's mm. looking for that inspiration. Yeah. And, and, and uh, just to kind of put that into perspective, because what comes up for me in terms of thinking about that is how I see people on a spectrum, right? And so, you know, whether it's finances, whether it's, in, it's intelligence, whether it's experiences, whatever, everything that we can compare ourselves to in for each other, it, it's on a spectrum. So no matter where you are in life, we may think that we're on the bottom of that spectrum. And so from the bottom of the spectrum, how can I impact anyone above me? How can I be a contribution to anyone above me? But I think that it's very important to realize that, you know, in 7 billion people on this planet, there's no way you're at the bottom. You're somewhere in the middle somewhere. And there are people above you that maybe are uh, one caliber too high for you to impact or be a contribution to. Um, but the people below in that experience, like definitely could create and learn from your experiences, you know, and it's not to minimize that you could impact people who are in maybe a better caliber of life in whatever category we're categorizing. But, um, but having that knowledge that you're not at the bottom, you're not like worthless, like what you have to say, what your experiences are in this lifetime and you know, what you want to share with people is powerful and, and that it deserves to be heard. Yeah, for sure. And something that you said that's a key is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there was someone that I always looked up to mm -hmm. and through the process of the past couple of months of everything that was showing up, they share with me how inspired they were. They're mm. like, how you've been doing this, it's inspired me. And it's someone that I looked up to. Mm -hmm. So you really never know like how your journey can impact or inspire someone, even someone that I looked up to. Right. Yeah. And that's thank you for that. Because I wanna I want people to recognize that the, the the people they look up to, their muse, your muse, can be the very person that's inspired by your actions as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and so don't minimize the way that you live your life. Like make sure that you live your life with honor with integrity with power you know dare to dream and risk what it is that you have to risk to go for that lighthouse that vision that you're trying to attain you know yeah. um so yeah thank you for that i really appreciate it and uh we had a comment that i wanted to um speak in from grace hello grace she says i connect with that i'm really good at enrolling people into my shitty committee <laughs> so i rather process myself instead of be bringing others into it oh so it's almost like you want to experience your experience alone as opposed to experiencing with others can you speak into experiencing your experience would you prefer it be alone in a self journey or do you think that it is beneficial to have other people support or experience it with you um to be honest i think it depends on the, the situation the place where you are okay um i ex i had both 
show up in my space. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I would have never experienced anger if it wasn't for the specific individual. Because mm-hmm. uh, she was like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, I feel angry. I want to punch something. Right. And again, this is sweet little Norlin who's shy that wants to punch <laughs> something. Shy little girl. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel angry. I just want to punch something. And she, I just want to punch, break something. I'm just so angry. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you want to break something? Come with me. She found all these mugs and then she took me out and then she's like, throw them as hard as you can. So we were throwing them against a dumpster. Nice. And she's like, keep letting it out. Keep letting it out. Keep letting it out. Like just feel that anger. And I felt that anger. Mm. And like it was, I was in tears, like rage tears. And then afterwards I felt good. Mm. So I experienced it with her, but she allowed, she created that space for me to step into that because for me, out of everything, the hardest thing for me to experience is anger. Mm. There's a lot of guilt. There was a lot of guilt for me back then of experiencing anger. You know, I, I, I can relate to you more than you think. Um, uh, for a long time, I avoided anger. I thought that anger was bad. When I was like 11, I was in like uh, martial arts, Taekwondo, and my sensei had shared something with us that um, that when when we access anger or rage, there are, you know, biochemically, our, our entire... Um, environment internal environment shifts in order to accommodate survival you know Mm -hmm. and in that one of the chemicals that is released it actually uh reduces our iq or our ability to think clearly and the reason is because if it's me or this tiger i can't be rationalizing and thinking well i just raised this tiger from a kitten and i love this kitten no it's i'm gonna survive this or you're you're going to kill me and eat me. So um, when I heard that, I almost was, I became resistant to anger because I didn't want to feel dumb. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to embrace stupidity, so to speak, you know, and that, that's what I took away from that lesson that he landed. Um, and so I avoided anger continuously. And a lot of the feedback that I got when I was doing my own uh, self-development work was, you know, um, doormat, you know, uh, people pleaser, you know, and, and it, what it boiled down to was there's no power in, in avoiding confrontation. There's just a way to harness my, that feeling in service to my vision or, or in, a, in service to a righteous or a noble um, goal. Yeah. If that makes sense. And, uh, and also kind of to piggyback with, uh, off of what you were saying about like throwing the mugs against the, um, and actually like just going head into anger and frustration. It also brought something up for me in my childhood that I haven't thought about in years. And so I really appreciate you kind of bringing that up. Um, my mom actually had cancer, uh, when I was younger, she fought cancer for about five years with one year of remission. And I remember one day, I think I was probably around eight or nine years old. Um, you know, my mom came home one day and I remember it was nighttime. I think it was like weekday because I felt like there was something to do the next day. You know, it wasn't just like a, it does, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and she came home and I could tell that she was super frustrated with whatever was happening to her in her day. Um, and so she noticed that I was concerned, you know, and so she said, all right, Ricky, this is what we're going to do. Um, and she gave me a pot and she gave me a spoon and she grabbed the pot and she grabbed the spoon. She's like, we're going to run around this entire apartment and we're going to scream at the top of our lungs. And we're going to bang on the pots and the spoons and we're just going to do that. You ready? And I was like, sure. And you know, I'm a little kid. I don't know why we're doing it, but it was, uh, it was one of the more uh, memorable and impactful experiences that I have of my mom, you know, especially considering that I was so young when I lost her. So I don't have many of those uh, memories still, you know, but I remember we ran around the whole apartment. I was jumping on her bed, just banging pots and screaming at the top of our lungs. And I remember at the end of it, we were just like dying laughing, you know, and 
Um, so the fact that we could experience our experience, go right to the source of the pain and express pain, frustration, and anger, and as a result of going right into it, you know, we uh, the outcome was laughter and, and relief. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. And like, you know, like you can either do it by yourself or you can, if you have someone that you feel comfortable, you like they feel safe with, go for it, you know? Um, and I'm not saying experience your experience in the middle of like, your office at an office meeting. Or maybe do. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you know, but like it's a level of trust of trusting your surrounding, trusting whether you are and trusting like if I experience this in this moment, is it going to serve my vision or, am, or is it not? Mm. I think again, being connected to your vision since you're being vision driven, like, right. like, trusting yourself is experiencing in the moment right now is this the moment or do i need to leave this space to experience it over there mm. like what's for what's best going to serve my vision and it's a level of trust yeah yeah well we're coming to that moment in time where it's time to start closing our episode um so i just want to give you an opportunity to plug yourself so i mean if any of our listeners or viewers found any value in anything that you're sharing or uh, if they admire whatever you're up to, I know you spoke into like inspiring women and empowering women and such. So like if there's anybody out there who listened to us who, who thinks that they want to invest or, or explore whatever you're, you're up to, you know, I would love to give you that moment now. So please feel free to talk about anything that you're up to that you want to share with us. Um, you know, if you can keep it evergreen so that they, they can connect with you no matter what time it is, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like next, next week I have something happening. <laughs> you know, I might, you know, by the time they listen to this episode, it's like next month, yeah. you know, but anything that you want to share, any way that they can follow you or, or discover you or see what you're up to, like, please feel free to, to plug that. Yeah, of course. You can follow me on social media. My name is Norlin Vasquez. Um, I'm on Facebook, same as in um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a page that I'm working working on. It's called Waking Up with Gratitude. Okay. Um, it's something new. It's a new project. It's very, very new. And my whole overall thing for behind that, my overall intention behind that is people like people. I grew up watching news when I would wake up in the morning. That was my parents' routine: waking up, watching news, mm -hmm. and a lot of the news honestly like bum you out. I'm like, yeah, I want to know what's going on in the world, but I don't want to be bummed out at 7 a.m. in the morning. About the world. Exactly. <laughs> so um, my intention behind waking up with gratitude is having a space where like, like posting the good news, the stories, Aww. the inspiring stories. So like on your where you work, you can like either watch a quick video or like a post that shares what's up to and like really be like, oh, I'm inspired. Yes, I'm going to get through this day. Like I got this. That's my intention behind it. It's a new project. It's very new. Hmm. Um, and again, like I mentioned before, I am a life coach. Um, I do have a couple of spots open. Um, and if you're interested, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, message me, um, and we can set up a discovery call. Again, I do coach men and women. Um, and I love coaching people. And I'm also bilingual. So I do have clients that are out of the country that speak Spanish. So even if you don't live here, we can make it work. Mm -hmm. And I do want to speak into uh, you as a coach and as a self-development uh, trainer, even, um, you know, I definitely, uh, I've always seen your, your power, you know, I've always seen you as a type of person that can exude that power, that confidence and that, that true in service, like desire, you know? So I really appreciate you as a powerful woman in our community who really gets to be seen and having stepped out of that shy girl into what you are now is an honor you know, to, to see you and to be in relationship with you, uh, you know, and friendship and stuff. So, 
um, anything else that you wanted to share? No, I just want to thank you for creating the space for me. Um, I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun <laughs> um, and really getting to share something that I'm passionate about. And I really hope that for all of you guys that heard that, you know, like this inspired you or created a, a safe space to, you know, it's okay to feel what you feel. Mm. It's okay to experience it. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, just a little bit about me before we close. Um, so first thing I always like to plug is my ringtone. So if you uh, don't know, I have a, a laugh. I, I laugh. It's a natural laugh. It's a little obnoxious and loud, but it's distinct. And so I've had a lot of comments on it and I put it up on iTunes store so you guys can download it. It's Rico's laugh. Very simple. Um, and on iTunes store coming to Android soon. And, um, and so I just wanted to kind of put that out there cause I'm going for a hundred thousand downloads. So let's see what we can accomplish. Right. Um, second thing I wanted to talk about was my, uh, my workshops. So I have one successful awareness. I actually just did one recently this past weekend. Um, had a great time doing it. Um, I love the work, this work, transformational work, you know, and I'm bringing it to intimacy and relationships. So see what people can explore there. And now I'm writing a new workshop now, actually inspired by the Visionary Living podcast. And my new workshop is going to be maybe like a half day, like a four hour, five hour workshop where we get clear on what your vision is. And we actually create milestones or break down a way to get there in the next three to six months. So uh, coming soon, pending very soon, you can you know, keep updated on my website, my social media platforms, but in the next month, I plan on writing a workshop that is designed to have people get clear on their vision and actually break down action steps that they can take over the course of three to six months to actually attain something new in their lives. You know? And then I'll also offer maybe some accountability coaching along the way to guide you, but so be aware of that. And then last but not least, what I want to plug is Visionary Living, which is this podcast that you're listening to right here. Um, and, uh, you know, Visionary Living, I want to feature guests. We want, I want to talk about um, living out of purpose and vision. So having a vision for the end result of the life that you want to manifest and how to use that vision in service um, to overcome obstacles, challenges, circumstances, and even opportunities to have what it is that you say you want as opposed to a life of circumstance. Um, and so Visionary Living, this podcast, I uh, like to dedicate every episode to my mom, Brenda Rivera, who is no longer with us. Um, and for me, it's uh, my way of having her live on in time despite her life being ended. So um, thank you everybody for listening and for participating. Um, every Monday we do a new episode of Visionary Living and uh, next Monday I have Alexander Starr uh, as our guest. And so if you don't know who Alexander Starr is, you can go on YouTube or Spotify and type in Pass the Good Vibes Around and it's actually one of my favorite songs. It's a feel-good song um, and I'm su super excited to have him on here and talking about um, feel good and, and where we're going in the direction of inspiration. So um, again, I love you all. I appreciate you all. Thank you for your time and your attention. Um, and, uh, and here we go. We're going to close the podcast.